0: what's up everybody welcome back to the mike heitman show where i'm helping you go from being a dumbass to a badass this whole consistency thing i think pretty much now i have proven that anytime i say that you can just go ahead and say okay sure you're gonna be consistent this is just awful i'm i'm terrible at this um but i am back And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Lance, who is a new listener that I met at karaoke uh, about a month ago. And he just texted me yesterday. He's like, hey, I was listening to your stuff. It's really great. When's the next episode coming out? And it's not like I haven't thought about doing an episode. I've just been really busy with my um, music stuff because I'm trying to really get that going in a different direction that's not opera. And, And so... That encouragement, that little reminder that, hey, you know, you may be speaking into the ether and you don't really know if people care that much and actually listen, they do. Sure, at the moment, it's not millions of listeners, but you haven't been in the game that long, but you matter to some people. And that's actually a lesson for all of us to learn. We don't really we don't want to have to wait until our death to know who really actually cared. There are people out there that do that may not, you may not even know them. It may be something you did uh, on a certain day that serves somebody that they will always remember you. And that nice thing that you did and it influences their life, you know, there's all kinds of connections like that. So all of that being said is, I am going to do a podcast today. It's gonna be a little bit, there isn't like a consistent theme, but there's been some things that I've, thought about recently, and some practices, and also a TikTok I saw this morning that was very, very enlightening. So, let's get into this. Number one, I have been thinking about why I do certain things. Like, seriously, why do we do what we do? A lot of us go on autopilot. A lot of us don't even question certain things that we do, certain things that we believe on a regular basis. I'm not saying that you have to be neurotic about this, but there are a lot of times when it's really confusing how what we believe doesn't match up with our actions and vice versa, excuse me, and um, we still struggle in life and then we're shocked by it. And so sometimes we have to take a moment and really reflect and get to the bottom of what it is that uh, that motivates us. And I came across this exercise that was from I was listening to like a TikTok like where multiple people are talking kind of like a live thing. And this one was actually it was talking about um white supremacy and racism um, and various aspects of whether it is or is not still a thing. I'm not gonna get into that, but there was a a comment that one of the the people made um, who happened to be black, who was like, well, why is it that things are the way that they are? If you ask yourself why enough times, you'll get to the real root cause of most problems. I was like, hmm. That's interesting. So I started asking why to myself a lot more and it's a great exercise. It really is true. It takes about five, maybe up to eight and some of your deep, dark secrets start to come out and then uh, it's really enlightening. So I'll give you an example of one that I did for several years now. I have wanted to have a sports car not like a crazy one like a a Lamborghini or something like that but I've wanted to have a Dodge Challenger it's just something about it even the newer models it's of course based on a older sports car from like the 70s but it's so cool looking I see them everywhere I'm like man I want one of those and you know my parents and my kids can attest that I've been saying this for a long time I'm gonna get one going to get one, you know, the whole manifestation law of attraction stuff. Also, I just love love them. And so one day I was ruminating over this and also shortly after that thing that I saw on TikTok and I was like, well, why do I even want a challenger? Like why is it the challenger? Like what is what is it? What does it represent? What is it, you know. So I said to myself, okay, so you want a Challenger. Why do you want a Challenger? Well, Challengers are cool. Challengers are fun to drive, I would assume. I've only test drove one. Uh, And I feel like it would, you know, give me a little extra zhuzh in my step uh, because I got this cool car. Why do you want a cool car? Well, uh, because... I sometimes feel that uh, my current car, even though it's reliable, it's a Subaru Outback, for those who are wondering. And yes, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, and it's like the poster child of cars for the Pacific Northwest. Um, You know, it's fine. It's nothing fancy, but it gets me to and from, and I've, you know, no problems with it, really. Uh, You know, but... It's not a challenger. It's like, okay, so you wanna be cool. Why do you need to feel cool? Well, I haven't felt cool a lot of my life. And I now know that most of that has been all in my head. It wasn't because of actual situations, but yes. Okay, so why do you have this need to feel cool? Well, like I said, it. Uh, I haven't always felt that, which makes me feel less than. It makes me feel sad. It makes me feel like I'm not worthy. Why do you feel you're not worthy? Well, because I'm not getting outside of um, affirmation from people or I'm not, I feel like I'm not liked or, uh, you know, people don't care. Why do you care that people don't potentially care about you? Well, that means I'll feel lonely and all these different things. And I could keep going and going, but the, when I did this exercise, it went all the way to, it's because I do not love myself as much as I think I should. All because I want a challenger. And because I asked enough whys. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess we gotta start working on that. And so I have. And so that is a a thing that I would encourage you to do is start questioning and it's not to judge yourself. It's not to make your life more difficult than it needs to be, but making sure that you actually are in alignment with your actions and your beliefs and you truly believe them because you believe them, not just because you've always had them. Like you think about political and religious beliefs as two examples. And I'm not judging anybody, uh, for having deep convictions on one side of the aisle or in any specific religion. But if you're not questioning, you could be led astray, you know, unnecessarily. So that's it. First one is always ask why get, get to the real why, and it'll be really, really enlightening for you. Now, I mentioned that I saw a TikTok earlier and it, it deals with rejection and I feel like this is a really, really great thing to consider when we're having a rough time with our life and how we are allowing other people to choose, to determine our happiness and it kind of relates back into what I was just talking about. So here we go.
1: If you weren't afraid of rejection, who would you be? What would you say? What would you do? What would you chase? How would you live? If you weren't afraid of rejection, how would you express yourself? If you weren't afraid of rejection, how would you dress yourself? If you weren't afraid of rejection, what type of career would you have? What would you do for work? If you weren't afraid of rejection, how would you live? So much of what we do, what we think we want, and what we go after in life is to be acceptable validated approved of and ultimately not rejected we almost gaslight or condition or train ourselves to believe that we want certain things when really we've never even asked ourselves this isn't a message to shame you or make you wrong or make you feel wrong It's an invitation to start asking yourself those serious questions. What is your personal definition of success? What is your view or definition or perspective on a successful life? What would make you feel successful at the end of your life? And no matter what pace you decide to start pursuing those things, I invite you to start pursuing them today.
0: So instead of why, now we're asking what. What would you do if All of us, I feel, are not born with a lone wolf tendency and a carefree, I don't care what other people think of me, attitude. And it's always just been that way. We are conditioned to to act accordingly and be acceptable. Now, there is some utility in that, right? There are things in our society that you just can't slash shouldn't do i.e. murdering people, uh, pedophilia, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So outside of that, we let what has been considered acceptable, even though there's not necessarily any relevancy in today's world, we let all these past ideas determine what is and what is not acceptable for us to do or to think or whatever. And what would we do? What would we say? What would we think if that was not there? I can guarantee you all of us would be different people. It's that whole like, well, like I see it on dating apps all the time. What would you do if money didn't matter? Like uh, what job would you have? And I would say taste tester. But um, we need to, as much as we can, get out of that mindset because we are only setting ourselves up for heartache and failure later on in life and it's a slow burn when you get to your maybe 50s 60s and you realize that there are things that you wanted to do always and you just never did and now you can't that is one thing that i'm grateful for that i haven't given up on music because i've had many many reasons to not if you just look at you know trajectories and competition and all this stuff i could very easily quit i could say you know what doesn't matter nobody's listening or i feel nobody's listening nobody values my art nobody thinks that i'm amazing which is not true You know, everybody, not everybody has the same path, right? In any life or career or whatever. I always keep in mind that Colonel Sanders, yes, the chicken guy, he did not become Colonel Sanders like how we know him and like the big chain and everything until he was pretty much 70. Oprah got fired at 23, which you're like, it's, It's Oprah. How did you fire her? She wasn't Oprah yet, right? Timelines are, you know, they are what they are. You just got to keep working on it. So what are some things for you that if rejection and all of that wasn't a thing, what would you do? What would you say? What would you believe? What would you want to pursue that would bring you happiness? What service opportunities would you do? And then go try and do some of those, because I was also listening to a uh, a thing today. I wasn't going to talk about this, but it just uh, I was just inspired. I think we'll say that. Um, I was listening to a Facebook reel. It was Bill Maher, um, real time, and he had Nikki Glazer on, who is a female comedian. She is hysterical, hysterical. One of my absolute favorite comedians. And this is from a couple of years ago, but um, they were talking about how going back after COVID uh, back to stage, you know, the threat of being canceled and blah, blah, blah. And Nikki is, she's ruthless. Like she really, she talks about how, you know, I'm really not that concerned about being canceled. And I'm sure some of that does come with being a known entity and some comedic star power. Um, but also, she, she mentions to Bill that she's working currently at that, this like I said, this is a couple years ago. She has a, a pretty big chunk in her uh, special about molestation, which, of course, is horrendous. But she's also coming at it as someone who hasn't had that experience, which some would say, well, then you can't talk about it. Mm, nope. That's not how that works. Um, and that she's it intent matters intent really matters. And if somebody was to get up and walk out during the middle of their show, because it was triggering for them and they're crying in the bathroom and then they email her afterwards, she would apologize for, for putting them in that situation. But that doesn't mean that she's going to stop using that bit. Um, and so, as I have thought about, okay, well, cause there are some things given where I live, the Seattle area and not being a token liberal, um, there are some things that I believe that are counterculture and it's not even that they're crazy. It's just not what people believe here. Like I have a, a show in a week and a half or so and uh, I'm singing the aria from the Pirates of Penzance which is uh, the modern major general which in the original show, he's the father of all these, or yeah, the father quote unquote of all these girls that eventually fall in love with the pirates. And he's basically coming out and saying, I'm the very model of a modern major general. And he's talking about how smart he is and things he knows and stuff like that. And so I adapted it to, I'm the very model of a woke progressive general. And I go through in in my opinion, hilarious fashion, and to those who I've shown it to who are not super liberal, um, they think it's hysterical too. Basically, all the bullet points that they bring out, that if it was a woke progressive general, they would definitely not shut up about. And so there's part of me, I'm doing it for this uh, event, and it's gonna definitely have liberals there, probably some woke people, who knows. And it could totally like, uh, bomb doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. You know, I I'm tired of, of placating to certain people. Look, if people are going to be offended, they're going to be offended. I, I, I have no need to worry about rejection because I know one, I am, I am not any of these ists Or whatever that they may claim. I'm not a bigot. I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. All that stuff. Right? So that fear of rejection as I get older. And as I really think about it. Becomes less and less over time. Because ultimately. What we don't want to have happen. Kind of going back to what I said earlier. I don't want to get to my 50s. And 60s. And realize I've been basically living a um, watered-down version of a life I could have had. And I don't think anybody else does either. So, asking why, asking what if, are two very, very important things. And then the last thing I will say, and this is actually really cool, I think, is that Going back to you know the the person who says the one thing that you know you you thank your lucky stars for later on in your life. I was at an open mic last week. This is the first time I've actually been able to play one in a while because the one that I go to in town, it's just really really popular, and I haven't been able to get there early enough to to uh, to sign up. So I, I get there early and my son had flag football practice. So it's one of those things I had to get there super early sign up for a later time, you know, uh, hoping that I'd be able to be there after he gets done with practice and I got him some dinner and stuff like that. So I do that. And for the longest time I have been doing these open mics using guitar. Now I'm not that good at guitar excuse me um and i have basically forced myself to learn it and to learn it somewhat publicly and just bomb on stage just eat eat it on stage like the the chasm between my vocal abilities and my guitar playing is is really wide it, it it's kind of sad so anyway uh recently i've been working on piano arrangements cuz i have a lot more facility in piano and the more i did i was like wow Why have I been doing it the way that I've been doing it? This is so much easier. And it actually sounds like how I want it to sound. Why have I been just foregoing this thing that's literally right at my fingertips, pun intended? And so I go to this open mic and I I did my arrangements of Blink-182's Damn It, which is... You know, it's like a day late, a buck short, but do that, but do that. And, uh, but I do it as this like really melancholy, a day late and a buck short, I'm writing the report. You know, just really placid. Uh, I did a version of She's Out of My Life. Michael Jackson. And then I also did Bruno Mars's um when I was your man. And I get done. So I'm here. I am doing all these like sad, sad songs, which is a real dichotomy between me and the act before me, which is these two Hawaiian uh, people who just crushed it. It's just I, I love listening to ukulele like you cannot listen to ukulele and not have a smile on your face in my opinion like you need to check your pulse um, and this woman who who's been at a lot of the open mics, she's a regular and the person that was with her is a new guy um, but anyway she came up to me afterwards and she's like I really really enjoyed your stuff tonight Um, And I just really, really hope that I am there when you actually open up and you really let that voice go because it is, I know that there is more in there and you, for whatever reason, are still holding it back. Like Like what you did tonight was really good. I know there's more mastery in there, both piano wise and vocally, and you need to really, I want to be there when that happens. Cause it is going to be glorious. And this comment really took me back. I was like, wow, well, like, thank you. Um, And I later was thinking, well, that's because there's only really two, two moments where I got kind of high and then one moment where it goes really high. And when I hit that high note and when I was your man, like there was ruckus. Applause. It's like they were just begging for it. Right. So we keep talking. And I mentioned to her, you know, you've seen me like eat it on stage. She's like, oh, yeah, I was here. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was still cheering you on, though. I knew there was something there. And that got me thinking. And so I'm now working on getting a set list together of like 30 to 50 songs, recording them. And like thinking about this more methodically as I go to these open mics so that eventually I'll be able to, because a lot of these people who do open mics, they eventually do their own shows at those places because they'll have an open mic one day a week. And then um, on the weekend, they'll have some of the really good ones that people like. I'll have them come and perform on the weekend and you need about probably an hour and a half to two hours of music. And so that's about 30 to 50 songs depending on how long they are. And so that's what I've been working on and creating my arrangements and and all of that, which a lot of them I've already done on guitar. So some of it might just be converting it to piano or I might still keep some on guitar. You know, it's not like I'm, you know, I am not anywhere near as good on guitar as I am piano and voice, but I've gotten a lot better. I'll at least say that. So that one comment though, that you have so much more to give, like I went into my car afterwards and I thought about that. And honestly, it, it hit me that there's a reason why I don't open up as often it's a couple reasons. One, it can be really scary. And as a guy that's only later in his life realizing the power of vulnerability, um, you know, there, there's that, but also there's a lot of stuff in my personal life, uh, that I don't really need to get into. Although you, you might be able to guess if you've listened long enough, um, that just really puts a damper on my creative juices, so to speak. And I've even mentioned that uh, to my friend that does the other opera podcast with me. And that's just really been hard for me to sit down and want to even do podcasts with her uh, to write things. Um, And so I know that as I push that away and dig into the vulnerability and just let her rip, that is finally when things are going to to start working out for me. I can't live a life half lived because I'm refusing to ask the what ifs and the whys. And I also can't live a life half lived because I am looking for approval of others or I'm not wanting to get too, I don't want to be too much. You're not too much for people. I love this quote. You're not too much for people. You're the right amount for the right people though. And so that's the message I leave you today, is that one, ask those questions, the what ifs and the whys. Do not discount the small, what se- what, may, uh, what may seem to be a, a small comment at the time that you could give to somebody to lighten their day. And also, don't live a life to where when you're in your later stages and you don't really have a lot of time to change anything or the ability to that you regret not living your fullest life. And that's what I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. Again, I'm really sorry that uh, consistency has not been my best friend uh, for this podcast but it's not that I've forgotten about it. It's that I I have a lot going on. Um, Not that that's an excuse but that's just the reason. So thanks again for listening remember to rate review and subscribe share it with your friends if you think that it's something that might be beneficial for them to to hear and i hope you have an awesome rest of your day see you